Hi everyone, Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministry Wesley Chapel. You know, God has always speaking good things to us, and He has a word for you today. We are sure that you give me your time out to listen, and we'll be back soon as we're done. Everybody under the sound of my voice will get something out of the message today that they can use. They will be able to use this message and make their lives better. God, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even just days from now, but they will be able to use this message and make their lives better immediately. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. If you would, let's make our Bible confession. Hold your Bibles up. It doesn't matter the form that they take and say this with me. Say, this is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Every verse is God breathed. And I aim to live by every word. It is essential to my faith foundation and works to change me from the inside out into the person God's created me to be. That is why I shall never let it go. It is reliable. It is the truth. It is divine. It is the word of God and shall forever be to me my Bible. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, family, I want to do a quick Smith story correction. It's rare, but I got a correction. You know, I was sharing with, or my wife was sharing with my granddaughter. I told you that story about her saying a ram for, for, for a cause. Well, it was, it was, show him that, show him that image for me. I, I told her, she's like, Grandpa, you really said that? And I'm like, yeah, we told, she was laughing again at the thing all over again. But what it really, her real statement was, a ram for a clause. But you still get the same thing. For, for, for those of you who didn't know, come up and ask me after and I'll give you the whole story. The bottom line is that my granddaughter was trying to say a round of applause. And the way she always heard it was a ram for a clause. <laughs> and now we all laugh. We all laugh. We all laugh about that. And then laughing about that, I know that's something that, you know, as adults, we can sit here and do that now. But I don't know anybody, myself included, that has never grown up. And when you start saying your, your ABCs, you get to that point, say L-O-M-N-O-P. Instead of L-M-N-O-P. And you think you're doing something. And then the parents like, my baby know their ABCs. They're like, no, they don't. They know ABC. But you got to clean up that L-O-M-N-O-P. So there is, there's another image where I put the, I put the, there's a, see where it says cause? There should be an L there. And so I put a red L there in it so that I can tell you I got it. It was a it was a correction. So before y'all leave today, I'm going to show that it might be afterwards before we after we pray. But I will show it to y'all. All right. Let's go ahead and jump back up in this thing. All right. Contend. As we're talking about contending for the faith, you know, we always jump off with scripture out of the book of Jude. Jude one, verse three. King James Version. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, 
it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. The easy to read version says this. Dear friends, I wanted very much to write to you about the salvation we all share together. But I felt the need to write to you about something else. I want to encourage you to fight hard for the faith. So that gives us some context into that word contend, talking about fight hard for the faith. That God gave his holy people, God gave this faith once, and it is good for all time. Last session when we chatted, we chatted from the book of Acts chapter 16. And we looked at some life events of Paul and Silas. And looking at those life events, one of the things that we determined was there was a part in there that I said, we're going to come back to this later. When you think about those events, though, when we're talking about Paul and Silas, here's what here's what we observe. We, we went through that entire chapter. This session, we start from the very same location. We're not going to stay in the book of Acts solely per se, but we're going to still start there. That's going to be our place of origin. As for that part that I asked you to kind of keep in the back of your mind for later, well, now is later. Look at this. Acts 16. We're going to be in the Message Bible, and we're starting at verse 6. It reads this way, and these references in the book of Acts are going to be ones that you heard last session, but it's necessary. Consider this session as a primer for what we're going to talk about next week. It says they went to Phrygia, you know how I am about these names, and then on through the region of Galatia. Their plan was to turn west into Asia, but the Holy Spirit blocked that route. Look at that. So they went to Mysia and turned to, and what did I say? And try. And try. Thank you. I got, my, I got my grammar teacher here with me, my wife. <laughs> but she, she does that. I told her to make sure she, she, if you see me skip a word, to just shout it out. Amen. It's not that complicated. No one's going to get bent out of shape. I'd rather get it correct than to go on. So good help. High five right there, girl. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so they went to Mysia and tried. <laughs> to go north to Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus wouldn't let them go there either. Proceeding on to Mysia, they went down to the seaport Troas. That night, Paul had a dream. A Macedonian man stood on the far, sh- far shore and called across the sea, come over to Macedonia and help us. The dream gave Paul his map. He went to work at once, getting things ready to cross over to Macedonia. All the pieces came together. We knew now, what are those two words? For sure that who? God had called us to preach the good news to the Europeans. Now, when we go past this, what we see is Paul and Silas ultimately get into a situation where it's setting up to be a pretty bad day. And in setting up to be a pretty bad day, I I want you to notice something. Go to the next 
chapter 16, starting in verse 16 or something like that. Because Paul, verse 19, Paul takes an action and that action messes up some of the business dealings of some local businessmen. And when he does that, they get upset about it. And getting upset about it, they retaliate it. This is what happens. Her owners saw, which is the young girl who Paul cast the, the, the spirit out or told her to be quiet. When her owners saw that their lucrative little business had suddenly was suddenly bankrupt, they went after Paul and Silas, roughed them up and dragged them into the market square. Then the police arrested them and pulled them into a court with the accusation, these men are disturbing the peace, dangerous Jewish agitators, subverting our Roman law and order. By this time, the crowd had, had turned into a restless mob out for blood. After beating them black and blue, they threw them into jail, telling the jailkeeper to put them under heavy guard so there would be no chance of escape. He did just that, threw them into the maximum security cell in the jail and clamped leg irons on them. Now pause right here. When we see all of this stuff, they're getting roughed up, they're getting dragged, they're getting beat black and blue, false accusations, arrested, thrown into cell, put clamps on their legs. All of this stuff, we can see this and say, okay, that's all fine and good. But let's reflect back on that other one real quick. The truth is, Paul and Silas are where they are because God sent them there. The truth is, these men are under this kind of experience because guess what? The Holy Spirit led them there. This teaches us a very key lesson. And that lesson is that God's plans, God's plans for our life is not restricted to only things that feel good. It teaches us that God's plans for our life sometimes can hurt. It teaches us that God's plans for our life sometimes can send us places where, guess what? When we get there, we find that there are more enemies than friends. It teaches us that God's plans for our life can involve him having us deal with people that may not necessarily be on their best behavior. As a matter of fact, they might be on their worst behavior. And when we think about that, we say, okay, you know, we're, 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 we may not be Bible scholars, but we know enough Bible to say, we remember Jesus saying that in this world we'll have a little trouble. He said, but be of good cheer, I've overcome that. As a matter of fact, in John 16, look, this is what he says in the Amplified Classic. I have told you, this is Jesus, John 16, Amplified Classic, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer. Take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. You read this and you absorb this and you say to yourself, well, I get this and I hear you, Jesus. 
But let me tell you what I kind of thought. I thought that when you talk about all this tribulation that might come my way, all these trials that might come my way, all this distress that may come my way, all this frustration that may come my way, I thought kind of sort of that all these issues were going to come my way based on their own efforts. I never really thought about you sending me to trouble's way. I really understood, you know, I kind of had already settled in me, Jesus, that in the life of a contender, as I'm going about my business, a day in the life of a contender, it could include, you know, trouble in my way. I got to cry sometimes. So much trouble. I got to cry sometimes. I let wait win, but that's all right. Because I know Jesus, he will. What? Exactly. I, 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 I kind of I knew that trouble can be in my way. But Jesus, no way that I, no place in time do I ever recall you mentioning that you would send me trouble's way. But, ah, oh, family, Jesus did mention that. In Matthew 10, notice, Jesus says this, stay alert, Matthew 10, 16 through 18, Message Bible, in part, stay alert. This is hazardous work. Who is assigning to you? I'm assigning to you. Say, say, say that again, Jesus. So let me go back and I start over, Jesus. Stay alert. This is hazardous work I am assigning to you. You're going to be like sheep running through a wolf pack. So don't call attention to yourselves. Be as cunning as a snake, inoffensive as a dove. Dove, Don't be naive. Some people will impung you. That's how I say that anyway. That means they, they will kind of question your motives. However you say that. I-M-P-U-G-N. Some people will, when we say unpung, impugn, my daughter's an educator, what is it? Impugn, impugn, theranavocab.com. So don't be naive. Some people will impugn, that means, I, I did look it up, that means they're going to question the, the trustworthiness of your motives, you know what I'm saying? They will impugn your motives. Others will smear your reputation. Anybody ever had their reputation smeared? As a matter of fact, you talking about me, you don't even know me. You just met me yesterday. And you going on evidence that people are telling you, and they don't even like me. Others will smear your reputation just because you believe in me. Don't be upset when they haul you before civil authorities. Some people, are, they'll drag up charges on you. Charges. They'll, they'll, they, they will set up scenarios for you to get in trouble. 
It says, others will smear your reputation just because you believe in me. Don't be upset when they haul you before the civil authorities. Clearly, we can conclude that when we're dealing with God's plans for our life, it doesn't always mean that his plans are going to involve things that feel good to our flesh. When working with God's plans and being led by the Holy Spirit, family, the Holy Spirit can lead you down a path, but there is no guarantee that that path will be a smooth, work, smooth road. The Holy Spirit can <laughs> lead you on, on the sea, but there is no guarantee that they will be calm seas. The Holy Spirit can lead you through a pathway or on a journey that has ups and downs. The Holy Spirit can lead you on a journey that, guess what? Your emotions can swing as events swing. Sometimes you could be laughing and sometimes you could be crying. Sometimes you could be happy. Sometimes you can be sad. Family, sometimes you can feel like, guess what? I'm on top of the world. And other times it feel like the world's on top of you. Sometimes it can just feel like I don't know what else the world can do to me to weigh me down. Paul and Silas and whoever else is with them. It, we don't get a lot of detail on how big the crew is, but at least for Paul and Silas, guess what? These gentlemen are feeling the weight of the world on them right now or at least feeling like it is. And I can imagine, I can really imagine right now about this time being that, hey, they're human, they're people, just like you and me. They could be in that position where it, it's pretty easy to kind of conceive that they're kind of getting in their feelings toward God right now. I don't know about you, but by the time somebody didn't beat me black and blue, I, I might have a couple things to ask God. <laughs> I would. It's like it's like I tell I tell people I tell people at the at the office. Sometimes they're you know they're, they you have that expression that says like I can talk to somebody until I'm blue in the face. I tell them I said listen if I have to talk to you until I'm blue in the face that's a lot of talking. Because if you see my face turn blue, there's a problem. But after, you, after, after, you've, after you've gone through being beaten black and blue and all this other stuff, I can see them getting in their feelings and wanting to ask God a couple questions. As a matter of fact, I can see them kind of having thoughts, especially Paul, having thoughts in his head that communicate something that he once said to the folks in Corinthians. Look, 1 Corinthians. Paul said this to the Corinthians. He said, there hath no temptation taken you but such that is common to man. But God is faithful, who, is not, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may bear, be able to bear it. Now look at this in the Passion Translation. It says this. 
we all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being, but God will be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the severity, nature, and timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. And each test is an opportunity to trust him more for along with every trial God has provided for you, a way of, a, a way of escape that will bring you out of it victoriously. Oh, just, just, just focus on this for a second. Because remember, we're talking about Paul and Silas getting in their feelings toward God. It don't say that in the Bible, but when I put my country self in that position, I can feel that I have some communication with God that want to go on in my heart and in my mind. Every time they didn't drag me, now God, every time they rough me up, okay, God, every time they false accusation, they got cops involved, then threw me in jail after beating me black and blue, called me an agitator when I'm not agitating nobody. Oh, yeah, God, I got some questions. As a matter of fact, if, I, if, if I'm Paul, you got to believe that since he sent it to the Corinthians, it had to be somehow just part of his makeup and his belief concerning God. He didn't just say this in, in Corinth, just out of the blue. But look at this. If this were me or I, I think it's just what I, I think it's how you're supposed to say that. If this, if this, if this were Benjamin, I would have to be saying, Father, given that the situation is unfolding as it's unfolding and has already in, unfolded in part the way it has unfolded, if this is your way of screening and filtering the severity of a situation, you need to screen and filter better. All due respect, God. If this is your way of screening and filtering the nature of a situation, Daddy, all due respect, you need to screen better. As I wipe the blood from my brow and feel the scars and the pain in my side after they done beat on me, heard the words that they said to me that are not true. God, if this is the way that you screen and filter the timing of a situation, you got to do better. You absolutely have to do better. I don't I don't I don't know about you, but that's I mean, think about it. That's the that's the thought. Now is the time, deliverer. Now is the time. Sweet Jesus, now is the time to give me that way of escape. If you ever had in your plan that you got some escape route for me, now is the time to go ahead and share that with a brother. <laughs> Family, it is human nature when things are rough, when times are hard, 
to desire a way of escape. It is human nature. When things are rough, when times are hard, to look for that exit door. Paul and Silas aren't any different. They're not any different. I, I, it, would, it would amaze me if they were different, no matter how spiritual they are. When things get rough, especially when things get physical, it's human nature to want a way of escape out of that. Let me share this with you. Because I guarantee you this, that there, there, what I'm about to tell you, it's going to ring true to you. I want you, to, I want you to say this with me. Say, when times are hard, when times are hard it, is it is human nature to look for, to look for that, exit that exit door. Now, a quick story about me. I recall when I was a much younger man, you know, and I started getting the opportunity to explore the world. I mean, I can take myself places, you know, when you get your driver's license, stuff like that, and your parents, at least my parents, dot and bend, begin to let me go and, you know, you go to parties and stuff like that. And then you end up, hey, for me, I went to college, so then I had a little bit more freedom. I didn't just couldn't just go to parties. I can go to the next county, next state. I could I had a car, gas. It wasn't nobody checking up on me. So I can go wherever I want to go. But when you started getting those kind of freedoms as a young person, at least when I was growing up, along that same time, around that same time, for whatever reason, I don't know why. Maybe I just became conscious of it. But you start hearing about people shooting. I mean, people, people, they're at a park playing basketball. Somebody lose, get mad, want to go to their car. Next thing you know, folks shoot. You, 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 you got a bunch of people at a party. Some person or two have a little too much to drink. Somebody get an attitude, push, turn to shove. Next thing you know, some, somebody shoot. I mean, the person go to the movie theater. And, and you know, you go to the movies to do what? To watch the movie. I don't go to the movie to hear you. <laughs> but sometimes you got people in the movie that want to either narrate the movie or talk on the phone during the movie. You can go outside for that. I didn't pay $12, $10, $8, even if it's matinee price. I didn't pay good or hard-earned money to hear you talk to, to, to Shaquan. But, but some people, people, you know, they start getting loud in the movie and stuff like that. But what, what happens? You know, somebody tries to respectfully let them know, hey, listen, I need you to just kind of pipe down because we're here to watch the movie, not you. But the person who gets that request feels disrespected. Next thing you know, one thing leads to another. Next thing, somebody shoot. Go to the restaurant, people just, you're just trying to eat pizza and spaghetti. You're not trying to cause no trouble. You're just trying to eat. You just want to eat your pasta. Next thing you know, some guy walks in, sees who he thought was his girlfriend, having dinner with somebody else. They just chest get puffed out. Two guys get into it. Next thing you know, somebody shoot. Yeah. 
it just, things like that were happening. And listen, I have never been in a shootout. But those, the more those reports just kind of rang true and you see them on the news and people tell you, man, you should have seen, I was there yesterday and the next thing you know, Papa, and you start hearing all this stuff. Well, I started, and you, this is the part, you're gonna agree to this. I, I, I started doing a very simple procedure. And it, was, it, was, it, was, it came natural to me, but after I really thought about it, it made a lot of, a, a lot of sense. The simple procedure was this. When I would go somewhere, before I allow myself to get comfortable, I make sure I identify the way out. You do that too, right? I identify the way out. I, I, here, here I am. I go into, I go in, you know, you go into a restaurant and the hostess is walking you to your table. I know they're pointing me to my table, but what am I doing? I know I came in that door. I see an exit sign over there. I see an exit sign over there. There's some little side door they keep going out over there. And I know it's a door in the kitchen. What are you doing? You're saying to yourself, if I have to get out of here, how do I get out of here? You go to the theater to see a play. They're, they're got a little flashlight. They're escorting you to your, to your seat. Oh, you following that flashlight. But you also said, it's a stairwell over there. It's a stairwell over there. I see an exit sign over there. I see an exit sign over there. They had to bring them big old pianos in from somewhere. So behind that stage, there's probably a door back there. Right? If I have to get out, I can outrun him. I can outrun her. I can knock him down. I can... <laughs> Hey, hey, I'm just being, I'm just being honest. I know I'm faster than him. <laughs> it's just the way, hey, it's just the truth. You go to the, you go to the park to your, your little cousin's birthday party. You're pulling up at the, at the pavilion. You see them over there because you see all the balloons and stuff. You're the only one out there with all them balloons and stuff, so you know where the party is. But you park. Before you get out of your car, what do you do? Okay, I know I came in that way. But if something go down, I can run in the woods over there. I can jump that fence right there. They got little boats over there. I can jump in one of them and go somewhere. That little building right there, I can hide in there. I can bust that window out right there and jump in there. There's, you go through all, and then you actually say to yourself, why am I parked here? And the pavilion's way over there. If I got to get to my car, I got to run across that little bridge, through that grass, around them trees, and then get to my car. So what you going to do? I'm going to drive and see if I can find a closer spot. Because if I have to get to my car, I want to be close as I can. I want as least distance between me and my ride if I got to ride up out of here. What are you doing? You're saying, if I got to get out of here, if I got to escape, what in the world can I do to make it easier for me to get out of here? What is my way of escape? It's human nature to look for that exit door human nature. And when we're thinking about Paul and Silas, you have to believe 
that in everything that they're going through right now, that in their mind they're contemplating, God, give me an exit door. I am here because you sent me here. I am here because I'm trying to do your will. All of this roughing me up and beating me black and blue, I would appreciate some reciprocation. I'm faithful. Please give me an exit door. And guess what? God did open a door. Look at this next one. About midnight, Paul and Silas were at prayer and singing a rebuttal. Then, without a word, startled from sleep, the jailer saw all the doors swinging loose on their hinges. Assuming all the prisoners had escaped, he pulled out his sword and was about to do himself in, figuring he was as good as dead anyway, when Paul stopped him. Don't do that. We're all still here. Nobody's run away. Paul and crew made the decision not to run through that door, even though one was presented. And as a result of them not running through that door, the jailer and his family were saved. Notice. Give me the next image. 29. The jailer got a torch and ran inside, badly shaken. He collapsed in front of Paul and Silas. He led them out of the jail and said and asked, sirs, what do I have to do to be saved to really live? They said, put your entire trust in the master Jesus. Then you will live as you were meant to live and everyone in your house included. They went on to spell out the de in detail the story of the master. The entire family got in, in on this part. They never did get to bed that night. The jailer made them feel at home, dressed their wounds, and then he couldn't wait till morning, was baptized, he and everyone in his family. There in his home, he had food set out for a festival, festive meal. It was a night to remember he and his entire family had put their trust in God. Everyone in the house was in on the celebration. Loved ones there was a door presented to them. They didn't take it, though. And the simple fact that they didn't take that door set up an opportunity for ministry to occur. That aligns with what Jesus said. Remember, we read part of Matthew 10 in part, we said. But now let's go ahead and complete that through verse 18. Look at the next image. Starting from the top again, Matthew 10, 16 through 18, Message Bible. Jesus says, stay alert. This is hazardous work I'm assigning to you. You're going to be like sheep running through a wolf pack 
So don't call it, don't call attention to yourselves. Be as cunning as a snake, inoffensive as a dove. Don't be, don't be naive. Some people will impugn your motives. Others will smear your reputation just because you believe in me. Don't be upset when they haul you before the civil authorities. Here we go. Without knowing it, you've done you and me. You, without knowing it, you've done. Without knowing it, they've done. Without knowing it, they've done. Verse 18 from the top. Don't be upset when they haul you before civil authorities, before the civil authorities, without knowing it. They've done you and me a favor, giving you a platform for preaching the kingdom news. Family, as a contender, when you're being led by the Holy Spirit, there are what you're led into, the task you're led to do, what you are assigned to do will not feel good to you, but have a tremendous amount of kingdom value. The key is for you to stick with God's plan. Of course, the natural response when you run into rough times and you run into hard times and you run into things that hurt and you run into things that don't feel good, the natural response is to desire a way out. The natural response is to look for a way of escape. As a contender, though, natural responses do not always necessarily match up with what you do. Because you are responding out of your spirit, not just out of the natural man. Amen. Although you may pre be presented with the way out, you may determine, you may decide that it's better not to take it for the kingdom's sake. You may elect not to run through that open door. And there's more we have to say about this concept of open door. But we're going to pick that up next time. For now, Here's what I want you to say with me. Say from time to time, as God leads me, things can get a bit bumpy. And it's human nature to desire a way of escape. But knowing what God has for me has kingdom value will allow me to stay the course. Stay the course. In, Jesus In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Family, that's all I have for you today. I love you so much. Let's pray. God, I thank you for each and every person here.
I thank you, God, that as we follow your plan for our lives, as we are obedient and doing those things that you have us do and saying those things you have us say, that we understand that every step we take in obedience is not always going to feel good. But we ask that you give us strength and you give us courage to stay the course. And we, in exchange, would do those things necessary to keep us nearer to you. We will commune with you. Commune with you in a way that we can find the healing and peace that we need when those times do get rough. I thank you that you're faithful and that you're a good father. No matter what it looks like, we know that you love us. And knowing that you love us and that you're always there, that gives us confidence, that gives us peace. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.